It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Good evening and welcome to Red Friday and ahead of Hibs' visit to Pataudry tomorrow. Don's boss, Derek McInnes, knows he's coming up against a Hibs side that carry a real attacking threat. Certainly middle to front, I think Jack's got a really good squad of players there. Um, you know, they carry threat, I know McNulty misses the game, but you know, with Boyle coming back, um, um, just as Jack coming to job and Boyle coming back in to full fitness, he's, he's such an important player and a key player in the Premier League. Martin Boyle and Dodge is scoring goals and they've got good midfield options. So um, I think whatever team comes up uh, to play against us, whatever the team line comes in, there, there is a, a feeling there that there's good players up against us trying to win a game. And, you know, Aberdeen and Hibs has always been a good fixture. We've had a decent record against them. We took a sore one against them down there last time out. And uh, hopefully, as I say, we can come out on the end of a, a, a victory uh, tomorrow because for all the reasons I said, I think if we can beat a good team like Hibs, then that will just help in the quest to keep uh, getting more wins between now and the end of the season. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Good evening, I'm Alan Davidson, looking after things for Mike tonight, joined by the usual suspects in Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And Andrew, tough one tomorrow, coming after kind of mixed results in the last couple of games this week. Yeah, excellent cup win down at uh, the Simple Digital Arena last Saturday night, uh, followed by a tough fixture down at, at Rugby Park. But uh, I think, although you know it was two points dropped, Aberdeen will take a bit out of that game because they came back from 2-0 down. And it was a game that could have really gone either way uh, as it went towards its conclusion. And they... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game against Hibs, but Hibs, you know, good cup win, uh, scoring five goals against Inverness, but then losing the Derby game quite comprehensively to Hearts. Uh, 3-1 doesn't look maybe that comprehensive on paper, but uh, when you saw the game, you know, apart from one or two early flashes featuring Martin Boyle, who the manager has picked out as being a real danger man, uh, Hibs were very, very poor in that game and, and Hearts totally dominated once they, they'd got themselves ahead. Yeah, and Dave, just going back to kind of the last couple of games, I think we all hoped for a little bit more down at Rugby Park midweek, but after being two down, I think you've got to be happy with a point, don't you? Yeah, the, the Derek was obviously the happier of the two managers and always the same. If you go two ahead, you, you do expect to win the game. So to come back from 2-0 down so early on, in fact, in the first quarter, it probably does feel like a, a win, whereas uh, for Alec Dyer, it felt as though they had uh, thrown the game away. But Ab- Aberdeen um, played well eventually and Conor McLennan, delighted for Conor, uh, making one goal and scoring one because... I pointed out in commentary, I thought he was just nothing was running for him and he was trying hard enough as he always does, but uh, then all of a sudden it started to click for him and uh, I'm sure he's given the manager uh, a choice to make tomorrow as to whether he retains his place and I'm sure he will. Well, on that Kilmarnock game, Derek McInnes said after the game he was grateful to come away with a point. Anytime you're 2-0 done, you, know, you get a point at it, um, especially as a away team, you've got to... Be grateful for it. A lot of spells. We got the second goal not so long after it. I thought we could go and win it. Um, in fairness, I thought Kilmarnock territorial had the better of the last 15, 20 minutes or so and responded well. I think they showed they're a good team. But um, the penalty that's given to us, it's not a penalty. I've looked at it again. It's hit Ash in the side of the back. The referee's too quick to give it. 
we've got to deal with that injustice a wee bit eh? and then the second goal I'm angry with because we should deal with it so much better, we should deny the space. So we've got a mountain to climb at 2-0. Yeah, well Andrew, like Landry says, big job left to do after a, a, a poor penalty decision. What oh, we call it's, a, it's a horrendous penalty decision when you look at it again. There's just nothing that says it's a penalty, uh, regardless of... Or a booking, indeed. Um, and, you know, 17th minute of the game, central defender booked. He's got another 70-odd minutes to play with that hanging over his head. And, uh, you know, I just thought that Alan Newland showed his inexperience yet again. That's the second time we've had him. He's given gave a dodgy penalty up in, Ross, uh, in Dingwall against Ross County when I think the offence took place outside the box. And then he gives that one and... There were, t- there were times there on, on Wednesday night, Dave, where I, I felt he was losing control of the game. Yeah, and uh, if you think about the uh, second goal, Kilty, if uh, Ash had caught Kilty when he went flying in, that would have been a second yellow and that would have been him off, which it, you'd have taken being 2-0 down with 11 men <laughs> than they, they, uh, losing a central defender that early on. But the referee, he upset. It's always a good sign when he upsets both teams that he's not really <laughs> doing his job very well indeed. well he's probably considering that he is doing his job indeed, well because no, nobody's happy with him but but no he was uh, he, he, it wasn't the, the best performance all round and I'm sure when he looks back at it he'll realise he, he made some and he wasn't helped by his assistance especially the one that was on our side who a couple of times the ball was clearly over the line out for a throw in and he just waved play on oh well that's it and I, I think the it's a recurring theme this season, isn't it? Um, Every season. Uh, is, you know, the officials... We've got an experienced campaigner and John Beaton in charge of the game tomorrow at Petordi, so here's hoping that we're not talking about him next week. Well, it has been a while since I've been on this show and it's good to see some things don't change. Oh, no, nothing six, changes six, in, in that respect. Six minutes in, the referee from last weekend's <laughs> already got it. No, it wasn't from last weekend's. Last uh, Wednesday's. Uh, last Wednesday's one. Uh, I think who it was last I weekend. Um, so long, so long ago. <laughs> uh, it was it was Don Robertson it who was. eventually gave us a penalty at St Mirren. Uh, right. I think the manager has got a longer memory for bad re- refereeing decisions than we have. Yeah, because he said uh, that Don Robertson gave the penalty quite rightly, but then had a go at him not giving the penalty <laughs> last time Aberdeen played St Mirren down yeah. there. Uh, but I, I mean, it's it's been another busy week. Uh, a lot of travelling involved, both for the the team and for obviously the fans as well. And uh, fair play to to them. The terrific noise down at St Mirren, right from the word go. In fact, from before the word go, uh, the twenty past seven kickoff did generate uh, an atmosphere in the away end, uh, and it was very much appreciated by everybody wearing red uh, in Paisley. Not as many at Kilmarnock as you would expect. Uh, another midweek trek down the road, 350 mile round trip. Uh, but they certainly got behind the, the side and we could hear them much more in the second half when we got level through Conor McLennan's excellent header. Although there was two guys in front of us I, I thought was seriously worried about their health because every time any sort of 50-50 challenge went in if it wasn't a red card for an Aberdeen player they were going absolutely berserk Yeah, or they had right goes at the manager as well Derek was getting a fair bit of stick from mm-hmm. them as, because you happened to be claiming for his team quite understandably but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a good comeback That's uh, because yeah, a quarter of the way through you thought uh oh, this is this is uh, not going well at all, and our fans, the three hundred that were there, were very very quiet at that point. They were, but 
it just shows once again it's the most dangerous lead in football, isn't mm-hmm. it? Two nil because if you concede the next goal, the the side that has got themselves back into it more often than not comes flying back at you again. And that's what happened. Unfortunately, in this occasion, we weren't able to to continue uh, that form and get a third goal. But I think if we'd got a third goal. Kilmarnock fans would have been going that's it we're never going to watch Aberdeen again because we just cannot beat them I mean it's an incredible record 17 games now since we last lost at Rugby Park no I think there was there was somebody who had put something on Twitter during the week and it was quite a nice thread of, of every I game saw that. I, did, yes. I, did, I did sit and have a read it was a very that. long thread wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> but just going, going back to last Saturday it feels like forever ago um, since since we played in that, but it but great to be heading back to Hamden again, Dave. Unfortunately, Celtic again. Well, the thing is, you've you've got to beat them if you want to win the cup, and I think that's what every Dons fans are are looking is for the thirty years of not winning that trophy to be ended. And uh, to be honest, I think Aberdeen will go into that win if they go in with the same attitude as we showed against them in the league uh, a few weeks ago. The fans were, you know, that you can lose games in certain ways and the way that Aberdeen lost by losing the winning goal when they were actually going for the win themselves. I think the fans, they accept that. They don't accept it where you're hanging on with every everybody behind the ball just hoping for to play out the, the draw. So I think um, I'm looking forward to Matty Kennedy making his Hamden debut um, because... He, in the last couple of games, has shown exactly why Derek made such an effort to get him up during the January uh, window. And I think the Hamden surface is absolutely ideal for a player of his ability. Just a pity we're playing second, because depending on the weather, the second semi-final quite often has to put up with a fairly cut-up pitch. Yeah, well, that's it, Andrew. We, we, we want to go and win this cup, don't we? And we've got to beat Celtic to do it. That's it. Um, if you're going to win trophies, you've, you've got to be the, the best team in that competition. And it's a case of we can't rely on others to, to knock Celtic out. We've got to do it ourselves. And I think Dave's absolutely right. Approach it in the same way as we've, we've approached uh, our last two games against Celtic because yeah. the game at, uh, at Parkhead was very close. The one at Pataudry, equally close. And I think Celtic are just a little bit off the boil at the moment, but it's a long way away yet. We've got important league games to deal with ahead of that. But on this occasion, let's hope that we're going into a semi-final without having suspensions killing our chances of, of winning it. Because uh, in the last couple of occasions, I think we've we've had domestic suspensions that have impacted on the potential team selection. We obviously have... Injuries affecting it. Uh, Scott McKenna isn't going to play in in the semi final, uh, but I think the the depth of the squad is ample for us to be able to cover for that. And also, the, there is uh, Tommy Hoban came back to training yesterday at Aberdeen. So depending on what happens over the next few days, the manager was saying, you know, he he's up here to show that he's capable of winning a short term deal till the end of the, the season. If both parties are looking for that and I think the lure of going back to or going to a Hamden semi-final for, for Tommy must be I think it's Leighton Orient or the other team that are interested in him just now and uh, I think, um, don't think it's much of a choice there don't think it's a great choice there, it's a wee bit of a no-brainer that but uh, that, that would be good to have Tommy Hoban back because we saw on the, the few occasions that we did see him uh, that he's a quality defender and a, a very and good very footballer and very versatile as well indeed now, well, that's it. And you touched on there, Andrew, the injury to Scott McKenna. Here's what Derek McInnes had to say about the big centre half. The news we got was the worst possible news, really. 
It's more the, the tendon coming off the, the bone. And unfortunately for us, the, the, the time scale with that makes it very very tight for him to be, be back playing for us this season again. Well, that's it, McKenna looking like he's out for the rest of the season. Not good news for Aberdeen and also not good for Scotland, Andrew. No, uh, particularly it's a double whammy for Steve Clark, of course, because John Souter it's, uh, has pinged his, his Achilles tendon once again. So he's going to be out for probably longer term than, than Scott McKenna is. But who knows, it may open the door for another member of the Petordi playing staff to, to make a debut for Scotland. Yes, well, we'll hear from that particular member of the Petaudry staff just after the break. North Sound 1, Red Friday. With Red Wing, your head-to-toe PPE partner. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Hello and welcome back to Red Friday. I'm Alan Davidson looking after things for Mike this week. And before the break, we were chatting about that injury to Scott McKenna, possibly opening the Scotland door for Andy Considine. Here's what the big centre half had to say when he was asked about it. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, it, it's sad to see you know two very oh, two young, very good Scottish centre halves that are obviously going to be injured long term. Um, not for just Scotland, but obviously for for their clubs. But uh, I think the squad, you know, over the, the past number of games, you know, I would say we do have a lot of good centre halves. Um, obviously, with Scotty and, and, and John Suter missing out, we've still got, you know, obviously Mikey here as well, um, and, and and plenty world class left backs, you know. But um, it's listen. The bottom line is it's 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 up to the, the, the Scotland manager whether he wants to, to call me up or not. All I can do is, is go out week in week out and, and and perform the best I can and and help the team and chip in my goals when when possible as well. That helps. Um, so yeah, the, the decisions his at the end of the day, but to be to be spoken about of potentially getting you know a call up is is you know it's great for me. But uh, until that call comes, you know, there's, there's not much I can say. North Sound 1 Red Friday Yeah and Dave I think we'd all be delighted to see Big Andy get his chance finally wouldn't we? Yeah as the manager said I think it was a midweek press conference uh, Andy is playing the best football of his career and I don't think anyone would argue that and he is Mr Consistency and uh, we've got to remember he's playing at his not his most preferred position at left back has been for quite a lot this season so I think no everybody couldn't if it happens it wouldn't happen to a nicer guy a model professional a real really good role model and uh, and now an Aberdeen legend because of the amount of games he's played which Andrew I'm sure will tell us exactly how many it is 500 and 17 thank you Always reliable, Andrew. Um, but I think Andrew, when it comes to timing games, oh, sorry, I just uh, throw that one in again. <laughs> Yet again. Uh-huh. How, how many times do you reckon you get that one in before the end of the season? Then uh, quite a few, I would imagine. Yeah, wasn't it nine minutes of stoppage time? Yeah, okay, it's a long time. Mother of a long time ago. <laughs> a long, long time yeah. ago. But hey, getting back to Andrew Considine. you can rest assured if he was to be selected for Scotland, he would let no one down. But I think it. We've got to look at it. It kind of me and my simple brain the way I work things out um, he's keeping Mikey Devlin out the side Mikey's been in the Scotland squad fairly regularly over the last couple why would you not pick him I think it's this argument of well he, he's he's not got a long term future for Scotland because of his age 
But, but we need a centre half right now. Well, that's it. I mean, it, it's not. A, you're not looking to the future. It's not a friendly match uh, that you're thinking. Let's blood some youngsters and see what we can get for the, the next ten years. It's a, a vitally, vitally important game for Scotland that they've got to win. So you get the best players available to you, and it doesn't matter how old they are. It's getting, as I say, the best players that are fit, able to play, and can be trusted to do a job. And Andy t- Considine ticks all these boxes. Yeah, well, that's a definite. Like the Andy's chance probably has come about because of the injury to, to McKenna, and it, it is. Kind of the second or third time that hamstring has gone, is it becoming a concern? I would have thought so. I mean, he's, he heals quite quickly. Um, I'm not sure if all the ha- Scott's hammy problems have been the same one I, either. And it was the tendon came away from the bone, which is the same as what Foon's show Ojo had. And uh, for that, that's such a freak injury for it happened once in a season is uh, unusual. So for two players to be getting ex- almost identical injuries it's uh, a real you know just shows luck's not on your side because different con- different situations one was at Pataudry, uh the other one but s- similar just getting a nudge when they're in the middle of running it seems to have done the have done the the, the problem or made the problem but uh, no it's uh, I think Scott will recover the main thing and I'm sure he'll be very positive keeping him positive because it's such a you know, between the international and and of course, Scott. Every transfer window comes along. There will come a time where Scott will will move, but you do think that must hamper his chances of a of a summer move. Yeah, well, there there were there was speculation that that may have been him played his last game for the club, Andrew. Yeah, I mean it, it's possible, but uh, as Dave said there, I think the fact that he's not going to be playing between now and the end of the season may just mitigate against a potential move, although. You know, any any clubs who are maybe thinking of putting a bid in for Scott McKenna will surely have been basing that on what he's done up to date and not what he's going to do between now and the end of the season. And as the manager often says, you know, clubs do tend to work two or three transfer windows in advance of the window actually arriving. So uh, I, I don't think it will count against him, but... Uh, we just wish him every success in, in, in having a, a swift rehab. And if there's one kind of bright uh, thing that comes out of that, if it is the same injury as Funso Ojo had, then the medical staff know exactly how to treat it. Uh, so they're not going in blind or, or having to be experimental in any, in any way, shape or form about the treatment they give. But it's just been one of those seasons, hasn't it? I mean... Any time we pick up an injury, it's not just a little niggle that keeps you out for a, a few days. It seems to be a major injury, and more often than not, you find that it's the same areas of the pitch or, or, or of the team that are being affected at the same time. We had midfielders all out and had to, you know, have Zach Viner, Greg Lee playing midfield, and then we've got defenders all out at the same time. Uh, I suppose the, the only area that hasn't been seriously affect, affected is the front line, but Sam Cosgrove missed the game uh, on Wednesday night because of a back problem. Uh, so let's just keep everything crossed that um, Sam's back recovers quickly and that uh, we can have a full complement of striking options available for what's going to be a vitally important game tomorrow. Yeah, well, the manager saying that Sam will be given every chance to be fit for tomorrow and hopefully is and what you say Andrew is going to be a big game for the Dons in a real kind of if Hibs win this they come back 
into the kind of frame for third place and Derek McInnes says he's happy that it's still in our own hands that's the good thing about it and a lot of the times kind of those post-black uh, fixtures we've been over the course week before we know the importance of that um, uh, and I think once you play teams in around you obviously we've got uh, there's a good chance we'll play Hibs twice good chance play Livingston twice and obviously Motherwell twice so um, you, you've got everybody we've seen it that's in their own hands to, uh, and if we can find uh, the form that I, I feel we're capable of um, if we can gra- get that consistency of performance consistency of results that real consistency of motivation to finish third then then hopefully we give ourselves a chance to do exactly that Yeah Andrew it's one of those it's home form becoming a concern the overall form table Motherwell and Aberdeen neither of us look like we want to finish in that third spot bottom of the form table at the moment four points out of the last five even Hearts have got more than that yeah it's it's been a bizarre season I mean we, we mentioned it on Wednesday night in commentary because uh, you know at that point it was you know Motherwell I think were had just edged ahead of Ross County uh, Hamilton were beating Rangers Livingston were beating Celtic and we're seeing you know you know who says Scottish football is boring? Uh, it's been a, a strange scenario. This fight for third place, uh, the top two are so far ahead because nobody underneath them has put them under any real pressure. But uh, the, the fight for third place, I think, the game next Friday night at Fir Park will go a long way to pointing who's going to finish in that slot, because if Motherwell were to beat Aberdeen, they would be potentially six points ahead. Uh, that's you know, ignoring the, the games tomorrow. Um, but if Aberdeen were to get themselves ahead of Motherwell, I just think we've got a strong enough squad and a strong enough mentality in that squad that we could kick on and leave the rest behind. But while there's still a chance for Hibs and for Livingston, uh, it's it's very much in the melting pot, particularly, as you say, because Motherwell and Aberdeen are in such poor points picking up form at the moment. Yeah, Dave, a, a home league win would be great to finally find one tomorrow, wouldn't it? Yeah, and again at press, you know, the manager pointed out a few weeks ago, everybody was talking about where's the next goal going to come from because we'd gone so long without scoring. But now there's since then there's been eight different goal scorers. It's exactly the same. Everyone asking about the home form. Get that monkey off your back tomorrow, and. Uh, everyone will start talking about something else. <laughs> like you say, the manager did touch on that, on the kind of poor home form in his press conference today. Yeah, uh, listen, it's, uh, it's something that we're no pleased about. Um, you know, I, I do think, that, you know, last week against Ross County, you know, I said that if we'd played with 11 men, we'd have won the game, but we are, uh, I thought we started the game well, we were in charge of it, uh, and I think the performance levels of the team over the last week while, even against Celtic um, at home has been much better but you can't hide behind that stat it's, it's, it's no good enough it doesn't get the job done for what we want to do this season so of course like I said to you if we can um, maintain the waveform that we've been showing of late maintain the performances we've shown of late um, and trans, uh, transform that home record um, over the remaining games then hopefully that gives us a chance to um, finish the season off strongly um, just not just through the league, but also hopefully that helps um, get into the semi-final of the cup. Well, like I say, it would be great to get that win tomorrow, but not going to be 
easy against a Hibs side as we've spoken about that carry a real attacking threat they do indeed I mean they've scored 71 goals in their 40 games they've had 19 different goal scorers uh, they've got Christian Doidge in form they've got for me one of the top midfield providers in Scott Allen uh, Martin Boyle's back in the side he's in form and they will miss Mark McNulty uh, it's, I thought it was quite interesting that uh, they just accepted the, the ban for McNulty after the stamp and Sean Clare uh, but uh, Jamie Gullen the youngster could come in and play alongside Doidge uh, middle of the park they're still missing Stevie Mallon I'd almost forgotten Stevie Mallon was part of the Hibs set up until I was checking th- through who'd scored goals for them he's out with a knee injury for at least another week uh, I think Doherty coming in Greg Doherty coming in from Rangers uh, has boosted their midfield I've always liked the look of the boy Daryl Horgan, although he, he makes more appearances off the bench than starts these days. Uh, they're a good side, but you look at the goals that they concede, they're still iffy at the back. I'm ne- I've never been convinced by Ophir Marciano as a goalkeeper. Uh, with the ball at his feet, he's a bit of a bomb scare. Um, he'll make great saves but he'll chuck in daft goals he's not uh, he's Macalambe <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's better Macalambe. than that he's better than that um, but uh, I thought they conceded two sloppy goals against Inverness in the cup tie and then they conceded three at home against uh, Hearts in midweek they can be got at but you've always got to be aware of the fact that they can cause you damage at the other end of the park that's it but we'd like we say they'll have to do it without Mark McNulty we'll come on to the incident in a minute but let's first hear what his manager had to say about it um, yeah I mean I think in terms of I don't want to prejudice anything we'll do moving forward but you know when I've said that I'm not surprised that we've received a notice of complaint and probably give the best indicator of it um, because the footage speaks for itself I think in that respect you know I can't you can't get inside people's heads and, and you you know football is a very emotive game and there are things that happen in, in very split seconds as well um, so I'm not the best person to answer that but in terms of what the footage shows which just what obviously you look at in terms of respective action then it's not great Yeah Dave I think none of us were surprised to see that one going to uh... Yeah I mean it was it was. I think if they had appealed, it would just be a different couple of games, or the risk of it might have been extra games added on three or four games. So, I think they've just decided to take the take the punishment. And uh, McNulty will be a big misses in the short space of time that he's been back for his second spell on loan. He's done very well, so I'm delighted that he's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, he's scored four goals uh, since coming back. Uh, we know how dangerous he was from his first spell at Easter Road but it was just such a stupid thing to do Um, it was totally unnecessary Uh, the game was a derby yes but it wasn't one of those derbies where there's crazy tackles flying in left right and centre and it wasn't the case that Sean Clare had done McNulty earlier on and this was his chance to get revenge uh, you just don't know what's going through his head as Jack Ross said there it's an emotive game but I'll bet he had a right go at him for, for doing that because it's it's left him short of strikers for a couple of games and they're not exactly brimming over with strikers because of course Camberry's at Ibrox on loan uh, he would have been in the, the 11 I'm sure had McNulty missed out but uh, it's a, it's a boost for Aberdeen but as I said earlier they've still got goal scorers elsewhere and looking at their last couple of performances 
the ball gets played out to Martin Boyle a lot and they utilise his pace well. So that's something that I'm sure Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty will have been looking at and saying, how do we stop, A, the ball getting to Boyle, or B, once Boyle's got the ball, stopping him charging forward. And Matty Kennedy is a guy who is every bit as quick as Martin Boyle, and for a winger, he does a terrific job defensively, Dave. Yeah, Martin Boyle, the game down at Easter Road, it was Martin Boyle who was the architect of our down, downfall. He was uh, fantastic if you were a Hibs fan that day. And yeah, you're right, I think I think they'll put somebody on. I wouldn't be surprised if they put somebody on Martin Boyle, but uh, Matty Kennedy has impressed me in his defensive capabilities. Now again as well, I mean, Niall does really well defensively. Uh, as well as obviously um, posing quite a, a threat up top, so it's going to be interesting. But Boyle's one you've got to watch. Just oh, that, it was certainly Inverness Cali in the Scottish Cup tie had decided Martin Boyle was a threat. Well, they, and all over the solution park. was to boot him up in the air. Aye, and unfortunately for them, he just kept bouncing back and coming back for more. Yeah, certainly I was speaking to a, a, a Hibs supporting pal of mine during the weekend. They kind of expected Hearts to do the same to him. And they couldn't, just, they couldn't and just, get close to him. Just, just, <laughs> just kind of kick him into the stand. No, he's, he's a danger man, but uh, you know, it's it's Aberdeen's home game. They've got to dictate the game rather than worry about what Hibs are going to do. Absolutely. Well, after the break, we'll hear from Derek McInnes on the coronavirus, expert in that subject, and we'll take on the predictor. North Sound One Red Friday with Red Wing, your head-to-toe PPE partner. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Good evening and welcome back to Red Friday. It's Alan Davidson in looking after things for Mike, joined as always by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And Andrew, before we get on to the predictor, you're one to watch for the Dons against Hibs tomorrow. Um... I'm going to pick Funso Ojo. It's going to be a, a special day for him. It's his 250th uh, start in his club career, according to my stats, which may or may not be wrong because uh, they, you're never sure with uh, foreign appearances uh, where Funso came from. But if you cast your mind back to when he signed for Aberdeen, Hibbs was the other team that was looking for him. And I just think he might fancy his chances of you know, showing Hibs what they missed out on and starting tomorrow. Dave? I'm going to go for Curtis Main because uh, when he played against Hibs the last time, it wasn't a happy afternoon because he got a red card. Um, and also, he's playing the best football of his Aberdeen career. Joe Lewis, um, after the game on Wednesday night, saying that this is more like the Curtis Main that we faced when he played with Motherwell, a real handful for defences. So... I think he, he will say, you know, I think even if Sam is fit again, he'll probably, if he goes with two up front, it would be Curtis and Sam, I would imagine. But I think Curtis will definitely start tomorrow uh, based on the way he's been playing recently. And, um, you know, he's, he's starting to find the net, get into chances. He was unlucky, the goal against... Uh, St Mirren, it was, it yeah, was very, very, very tight. Close, uh, very close. Very tight. And he took that well, so... Mm. Uh, and so I'm going to go for Curtis to get his hopefully his fourth goal of the season at least well of course neither of them will be shaking hands with the Hibs players tomorrow 
due to coronavirus. All handshakes are off, Andrew. Yeah, um, but as Dave was saying, you know, the handshakes are maybe off, but the celebrations are still the same. Uh, there's still plenty of bodily contact in the in the celebrations, but we've we've got to take sensible precautions. Uh, the coronavirus, we trust, will not impact detrimentally on the football season. You don't want the authorities deciding who's going up and who's going down. Absolutely not. What happens or what uh, will happen potentially if games get or the season finishes early. Well, the manager was asked today if he was concerned about the possibility of playing games behind closed doors. No, I I think you can worry yourself sick if you start thinking that. No, I'm not. I'm just thinking that we've um, concentrating on winning a game tomorrow in front of a 14,500 15, crowd at Pataudry. You know, the last thing we want to do is have games cancelled and, and fans not being able to watch. And uh, I think we're still a long way away from that. And hopefully that isn't. I mean, that seems really extreme, but um, it may well be a reality if we don't take all the measures that's been advised to. So I think we're all really aware and, and aware of our responsibilities to try and make sure that. Um, that isn't going to be the case, and uh, but that takes everybody. It's not just the professional part of the club; it's everybody who who's in connection with, uh, with each other, the general public. You know, because the players love their lives. They're not just at Cormac Park and Pataudry. You know, so it's um, we've got to try and uh, be positive. Hopefully, we can uh, contain it as a nation, and uh, we continue with the uh, the fixtures as as planned. Uh, like we say, hopefully no detrimental impact to Scottish football on that one. Right, on to the predictor. And we'll start with Dave. Celtic at home to well, St Mirren. I, I, just because Andrew and I got better scores than you lot did last week, I think we'll give the update first, won't yeah, we? Yeah, right. <laughs> Dave and I both scored six. So I had to suffer this on Monday as well. I'm, I'm in 121, Dave's in 117. Alan, you got four. You're in 109. So you're still in third place. Still languishing way behind us. Uh, Mike got four for 102. Red Army, Josh Walker last week, he got four for 93. And Dave Galloway, sound the trumpets, he got four. Well done, Dave. But you're still all, way, way behind everybody in 85. he's got all season. He is. <laughs> he's letting the Red Review side down badly on this oh, one, isn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> Certainly is. Relegation yes. fodder. But as far as the Celtic game tomorrow, I'm going for 4-0 against St Mirren. Uh, I think St Mirren uh, will find it extremely difficult but I'm going for 3-0 Celtic I think it won't be quite as big a drubbing as Dave's predicting Well, representing the Red Army this week is David Fox Let's see what he had to say Hi, well, teams at the top of the table seem to have been struggling a bit recently but the teams at the bottom have been picking up a few more unexpected points but I still think Celtic will take this one quite easily I reckon about 3-0 and I have gone for 4 nil Celtic Hamilton against Kilmarnock Andrew Kilmarnock I think will bounce back um, Hamilton brilliant victory at, at uh, Ibrox midweek but Kilmarnock I think are just that little bit better than them 2-1 Killy I fancy a draw I think um, Brian Rice will uh, have his troops fired up after that great win at Ibrox and uh, I think they'll take these three points that they didn't expect, obviously, and they get another tomorrow 1 1. And here's what David had to say Hamilton, I think, will be fairly um, lifted by the results uh, on Wednesday night up at Ibrox, obviously. But um, oh, it's going to be a tough one, that one. Maybe 
1-1. And I've gone for 2-1 Kilmarnock. Hearts looking to continue after, a, after an Edinburgh derby win, Andrew. Yeah, trying to make it three wins in the trots. Can't see it happening. Motherwell will be difficult opponents, but home advantage will level things to a certain extent. 1-1 I'm going for. I'm going for uh, 2-1 Hearts. I think um, a bit like every time we get a, a good result, you expect to get the bounce after that. It hasn't really happened this season, but this time I think, uh, and it would be good for Aberdeen as well if Hearts defeated Motherwell 2-1. And here's what David had to say. I saw the Edinburgh Derby on uh, Tuesday night and Hearts I thought, actually played quite well. And uh, Motherwell, they've been a bit off the boil recently, although they did win fairly convincingly in midweek. Um, I think Motherwell might just take the one just by the odd goal, maybe 2 1. I'm going to go on. Oh, I mean, you, Livingston have been playing really well recently as well, drawing against Celtic midweek. Um, 2 1 for Livingston. As much as I would like Hearts to do us a favour in that one, I've gone for 2-1 Motherwell. St Johnston at home to Livingston, Dave. 1-1 uh, one, one in that one. I'm going to go do 2-1 Livingston. St Johnston have uh, picked up uh, some points they might not have expected recently. They obviously beat us, uh, got a draw against uh, Rangers recently and only lost to a late goal uh, against Celtic in the Cup last weekend. Um I'm going to go on, oh, mind you, Livingston have been playing really well recently as well, drawing against Celtic midweek, 2-1 um, for Livingston. And I don't know why, I just fancy Livy to get a 2-0 win in that one. Big one, Dave, Don's at home to Hibs. Uh, yeah, I think Aberdeen will get that win that they haven't been enjoying at home for a wee while. In fact, this calendar year, 2-0 Aberdeen. A little bit tighter, 2-1 to Aberdeen. I felt Hibs were fairly toothless in their uh, defeat to Hearts on Tuesday night. Um, and although uh, an unlucky penalty and a, a, a preventable goal for their for Killy's second uh, for us, um, I thought we showed a fair amount of character um, to come back to 2-2. To, hope we could have won it, um, but I reckon 2-0 for us. Fancy the Dons to get that one there. Just a 2-1 Dons win for me. And finally, Rangers off the back of two really poor defeats against the bottom two sides in the league. Head to Dingwall, Andrew. And I'm quite sure uh, Messrs Ferguson and Kettlewell will be looking at James Tavernier's programme notes and pinning them up in the wall and just saying to the Ross County team, right, get in their faces, they can't handle it. Having said that, I think Rangers will just edge it 2-1. I think any team that's playing Rangers at the moment will probably be rubbing their hands in glee. The Rangers really struggling in the in the league at the moment. Um, even though County haven't been maybe quite as good, they lost 4-1 obviously during the week to Motherwell. Um, I can actually see County winning that one. 1-0 oh, And I fancy Rangers Just to sneak this one 1-0 But I don't think It will be convincing Elsewhere this weekend Cove at home to Brecon How do we see that one going? Not on the predictor but No, top against bottom uh, Brecon looking doomed Seven points behind Albion Rovers Having played a, a game more uh, They've only got ten games left To save themselves I think it's a forlorn hope Cove of course Alongside Liverpool the only 100% home record in British football and that will continue tomorrow I think it'll be a comfortable Cove win 
in League One Peterhead travel to Falkirk Here's what assistant boss Davy Nichols had to say I think it's really important that we get a win You know, sooner rather than later To get the confidence going again um, And also think that the players that we do have Were more than capable of you know, putting two or three wins together it's just unfortunate that sometimes the way the fixtures come out this weekend, we've got, you know, Falkirk away from home, which will be a hard game against a full-time team. You know, and listen, the, I'm sure the players will go there and try and express themselves and make sure they get a positive result. But as I said, it is really important that we get a win sooner rather than later. We are in a precarious position, but two or three wins breeds confidence and they'll pull us away from that area as well. Tough game for Peterhead this weekend Yeah I think if they get anything It uh, will be a bit of a a surprise I I would have thought Falkirk um, And David McCracken and uh, Lee Miller Doing a good job there And Dick McManus scoring lots of goals for them So I I think Falkirk will probably win it But uh, I hope Peterhead do do get something from it Because they do need the points As uh, Davey Nicholls said there I I think the only thing uh, in Peterhead's favour this weekend is the fact that Forfar are playing the league leaders Wraith Rovers, so I don't see them picking up very many points uh, so it's going to be tight um, it just keeps the interest going, there's times in the season where you really don't want there to be a huge amount of interest and this this is one of these times if you're if you're not going to be at the top of the table, you, you want to be sitting in the middle where it doesn't matter but Peterhead unfortunately haven't been consistent enough for that uh, and so they've got to battle for every point Hopefully they can turn that one round. We don't want to see them in Cove Swap. We'd quite like to see that game in League One next season. Absolutely, we? yeah. Um, but uh, North Football, the Breeden Highland Football League, big game is tonight. Inverurie Locos entertaining Fraserburgh. That's second against fifth, although Fraserburgh have games in hand. Broader Rangers do look as though they're uh, they're going to win the title. They're at home to Wick Academy tomorrow. Another game that stands out for me is Rothes against Martin United. That should be a cracker. Yeah, and the juniors, um, some Super League games tomorrow. Bridget on Thistle travel to Colony Park. East End at home to Hall Russell United. Maud, who are at the bottom against Ellen, who are uh, also struggling. And it's Montrose Rose Lee against Devonside at Broomfield Park. Just a mention, quick mention of the Domino's Pizza second round North Regional ties. Cooter against Bankway St Ternan. Stonewood Parkfield are at Dice. Banks of D travel to Fraserburgh United. And Nairn St Ninian are at home to Hermes. Well, that is just about it from us tonight, boys. Hopefully you will have me back. I haven't made too much of a mess of it tonight. Once Mike is back from his holiday. As long as you don't pick up too many points in the predictor and stay in your rightful position well behind us, we'll let you back. Well, on that, we will find out how we got on on the predictor on Monday on the Red Review. I'll be joined by Dave Galloway and David Fox. And you two will be back next Friday, same time. Indeed we will. North Zone 1. Red Friday.